Hello and welcome to the Ratness Podcast, episode number 76. I don't know. With Isaac Roller. Hey, hey Isaac. Hi. How's it going? Good, hey, Isaac. How you doing today, bro? I'm doing real good. Life's a bit hectic, but uh I'm enjoying it. Hey, hectic means busy, and busy usually means good, so that's good, man. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how many people are watching as opposed to listening, but I'm broadcasting here from uh, my baby's room. So that's that's responsible for most of the hecticness. Hey, hats off, bro. You know, you got to make time for us and still take care of the baby. That's multitasking. That, that right there is a talent. Yeah, well, you know, I want him to grow up and have a dad that's not just going to work and being a zombie and coming home and sitting on the couch watching tv so respect yeah but uh yeah if if uh you guys see me playing with this plastic broccoli then uh that's why yeah (laughs) hashtag dad life yeah oh yeah man well Um, yeah thanks again for sitting down making the time for us uh i know we kind of had some back and forth uh, but i'm excited to kind of jump into what you've been up to lately and uh talk about the project that we worked on a few months back too yeah yeah so that was my uh that was my biggest one ever but it was actually uh one of the first things i wrote when i um when i started making comics again um real quick real quick let me jump in and just make sure everybody knows isaac is a uh, comic book maker and an illustrator and author uh, from New York, and we've had the pleasure of working with them over the last few months and putting out putting out a project. So that's what we're talking about right now for everybody listening. Yeah, which the project is called Micropolis. It's a, you know, standalone graphic novel. I wrote it. I drew it. There it is. In the flesh. They printed it, and uh, it looks pretty damn good. Hey, I'm glad it worked out, man, because sometimes, you know, you send it off to the printer, and then things come back, and it's not quite what it seems like, even just uh, the difference between a computer screen and a printed product, sometimes things vary a little. So I was really happy that it worked out the way it did and that you were happy with everything. Well, you you were good enough to print out a few different versions. You know, I get the layers. Uh, I make like different adjustments. Like I have um, the blacks, which are the lines, and then like a dark gray and a medium gray. And so I adjusted those differently in different combinations and had you print them out and then send me pictures what looked best. Uh, And we were in agreement that having it a certain way looked best and that really helped out. Absolutely, man. Everyone did that. Yeah, it it does make a big difference. And sometimes it's hard to visualize the whole book when you're just doing a few test pages. Uh Um, Some stuff's just a little more saturated or a little, uh, more like ink heavy on some pages um but i thought we did a pretty good job about coming to a consensus of like how we wanted to everything to feel yeah and after i'm done my process is pretty much like i come up with the story and then i lay it all out and then i draw it and then the last part which is sometimes i feel like longer than all the other parts combined is just like being really finicky like obsessing over every detail, making sure that like the black point is the same on every page. Mm-hmm. 
And then those type, those types of things are the, they're either project makers or project killers. You know, you can do the entire project and get to that point and like Dr. Dre just decide never to put out the album <laughs> yeah. in years, yeah. you know, or it can be the thing that just defines it to the, to the perfect max of the subconscious level. Like you're saying that black points are the same on every page and everything spaced properly. That, that moment is make or break. Yeah, well, I, I don't recommend anyone who has my book do this, but you can go through it and you can find the like five speech balloons that the font is just like like 20% sloppier than, <laughs> uh, than it is in the rest of the book because I just, I wrote it really quick by hand. Uh, and then I went through and I like made it all nicer and I missed those five balloons. Hey, you heard oh. Easter egg hunt. In yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you wrote it all out, um, you, you went back and, and redid everything, but you just missed those ones or did you make edits of those five balloons and then forget to I like... missed those ones. Oh, okay. I see. Nice. That's yeah. Fun. I think it's just, it's just one page Got or you. something um you know it's wild though that to me is one of the most beautiful things about like the diy zine scene and comic scene it, it and graphic novel scene too is it makes you it, there's a little bit more authenticity there you know you know that it was the author going through and editing it and reading everything and adding the additions and the edits and the marks and you get to kind of see that it's almost like a little a little peek through of like oh this is what it looked like before it was all perfected and there, there's something good like awesome about that just little aspect that always seems to poke through no matter what well what i love uh you're freezing a little bit uh oh can you hear us um uh i missed some of that but uh what i was gonna say is uh what i love about comics in general is there's really just like there aren't quite any formalized rules i mean there are sets of best practices but like those are very subject to change and everybody sort of knows what a comic is uh so anybody can just make a whole comic, but then they don't think about all the technical aspects, like a lot of the formatting, a lot of the panel arrangements. Yeah. So they just end up doing it intuitively. And everybody comes up with these just wild solutions to those little comics problems. And seeing how it just like kind of organically happens and it has this consistency through the whole book or sometimes it changes throughout the whole book um and seeing seeing the like grammar of comics be interpreted through the filter of everybody's like each author's individual quirks is like right. one of the best things about comics especially the diy ones totally you um you've mentioned that this is like the longest book, the longest project that you've put out um thus far. Um uh -huh. we're sitting at I think 96 pages on this one, right? Yeah. Um, but on on your other books, I mean what what scale were uh you know the uh the like Dreamtown comics and stuff? Yeah, so those are uh those I tried to keep at 28 pages each. 
uh, although only one of them is like one continuous story throughout the 28 pages. So yeah, they're very much like short stories. And, uh, you know, Micropolis is, it's got a higher page count, but it, it's still a pretty quick read. Mm -hmm. Um, but so yeah, that's, uh, there's Micropolis and the story from Dreamtown three are, uh, the two longest, like full stories, I would say they're sort of like novellas, I guess. Um, and then the rest of them are short stories. Um, I've got uh, Dreamtown 4 is the first part of a two-parter, um, which will, if I ever finish it, be around 50 pages, um, but like a lot denser than Micropolis. Uh, denser um, in, in dialogue or denser in... Uh, like panels per page and okay. just like like world building and stuff um i've actually got half a mind to never reprint dreamtown 4 and then redo the whole thing as like a long epic oh okay that'd be rad dude the story the story's wild i wanted to ask you like what inspired that I mean, there's a, a lot of like a lot of undertones that go through it. But what was it that inspired you to like put that story out the way that you did? It's like, for Micropolis? We, yeah, for my talking Micropolis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I actually have like a straightforward inspiration point, although it the actual story is like nothing like it. Um, so I was working with, uh, I was doing all these like large illustrations. Um, they were, I don't know, like five feet by three feet. Um, and I wanted to draw like individual people, but also like whole little worlds in the background. Um, but I ended up not wanting to like obsess over the perspective so much. I did a lot of stuff, cool stuff with perspective in them, but so um, I would have sort of like medium ground, larger figures, and then these tiny figures, but they weren't quite in the background, like they were far away. Like you can still see a lot of detail of them. So I started thinking of those little figures as the Lilliputians. Okay. okay. Um, so for people who haven't read the story, uh, Micropolis is the story of uh, the Isle of Lilliput from Gulliver's Travels, uh, but it's set in the modern day, and the island has been colonized by the English, like, after Gulliver came for the past few hundred years, and it's the story of the Lilliputians rebelling against their, their large-sized uh, colonists. Um, but you know it's like it's it's more po post-colonial yeah. um so anyway i was drawing all these drawings with the with the bigger people and the lilliputians and i got it in my head that i should do a story with them uh and then i was sitting and drawing and i was listening to um 
a story on the radio about a woman running for some like small political office and she uh there was a guy who had run unopposed for the last like 10 elections in this and uh when she ran it like freaked him out so much that he totally overreacted he hired a like political hit firm that had ties to the Mossad to uh to run like a smear campaign on her and this like this total overreaction by the like powerful figure in the story against the the like not powerful the the woman who represented the people uh well it totally backfired and he ended up looking like a total schmuck and uh he lost um but so that was sort of the basis um that was the basis of thinking okay this story needs to be based on uh I have trouble talking about it because it's hard to say like like who are the big people mm, right. yeah the lilliputians have a name but the big people are just they're just people they're i i call them homo sapiens in the in the book like i have a little little diagram of like how big homo sapiens are and how big homo lilliputus is mm -hmm. um and so, that, yeah. that kind of is open to a little bit of interpretation to them, like in the sense of they could represent kind of whatever power struggle you want it to represent in the sense of like uh, someone that's uh, your everyday person, which is kind of the little people and then what right. those bigger in control people are. Yeah, well, it's it's very much taking that power dynamic and just like a power dynamic that exists in a lot of different ways. Right. Uh, and then just displaying it as as size, something that's just like purely physical. Right, right. You know, it's a, it's cool to have the perspective too. I think Gulliver's Travels was one of the first that took the perspective of the of the giant and showed no, this is just normal sized person, and mm -hmm. that you're the small one over there, rather than it being us as the small one that is constantly being like attacked by. Right or whatever and that shift in perspective and the way that you're able to grab that political happening or whatever you want to call it and like relate it back to that dude that's an awesome like line to draw and and to be able to connect those and yeah well i i had to have the groundwork of having already been drawing the lilliputians to sort of like to be like primed for it yeah um, and you're the, the and style I, in which you draw in i was just gonna mention because uh when i look at like some of the older work you, you work in like a similar illustrative style as, as far as like character expressions and maybe like um body type or like face structure uh when you when you're drawing cartoons uh is that something that you stuck with is it a conscious decision to kind of keep it the same or do am i completely off by even saying that uh, so I, I've done like a few different styles, I feel like, um, 
for one thing, I, uh, I didn't do color in Micropolis, which, uh, I've worked with a lot, but yeah, I kind of, I have like a cartoony style. Um, in, in college, I was doing a lot of really like twisted, grotesque, like cross hatchy, like, you know, like nude figures with seven heads, like bursting out of an egg or something, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know, that got like a little dark for me. Um, I did this series that was sort of uh, inspired by Aztec art. And it was a lot of like, you know, like skeleton babies with heads that were upside down. And then like whole cities were growing out of the top of them. Uh, and it was just, it got like, a, I was like, this doesn't really match like who I am as a person. Like I do think it's sick. Yeah. It's like, I like to look at that kind of stuff, but like, I'm kind of a, kind of a cartoony guy, you know? Yeah, um, yeah definitely. That's funny that you're saying that because as I, I was introduced to your work through Micropolis and then uh -huh. I started looking and I was like, I saw the transition, but there is such a different uh, authenticity almost to your cartoony stuff as opposed to like the, the, the Aztecian stuff. And I guess authenticity uh -huh. more of like a character style. You know what I mean? Like I, it's, I saw such a transition as I was going back through scrolling from recent to back. And it was like, it was a lot of fun to see like the, an obvious change. And it's almost like uh, you could see that decision being made through the art. Yeah, well, uh, like I was saying earlier, I, I did cartoons, I made comics in high school. Me and my buddy uh, printed a comic called Peculiarities. Uh, I can't say if it was any good, um, but it was like, we were doing the whole like self-publishing thing, you know? Um, but then uh, he sort of, we sort of like split in half. Like he got more into writing and he actually became a journalist and uh, I got more into art. Um, and I would, I would spend like more and more time on the cover and less and less time on the contents mm -hmm. each issue um, until eventually like one issue had like seven covers yeah. and then like <laughs> comics in it. Um, and so then I kind of took a took a little break, but yeah, I feel like once I got back into comics, a lot of things, like a lot of disparate elements sort of like came together for me. Um, how, were, how were you in, in school? So did you have a focus on illustration uh, in college or what kind of art were you going to school for? Uh, I studied fine art drawing which uh, looking back, I probably should have studied illustration because um, it would have helped me with a lot of the like book formatting and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I had an idea that I would be like a gallery artist, um, but yeah. That... Did you, you never tried to pursue that at all? Oh, I did. I just didn't stand a chance. Yeah. 
man, the whole gallery world. Uh, I can get into that later. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I worked in the art world, but as like a, uh, just like a bitch boy for all the galleries. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I saw it. It's, it's totally sleazy and weird. Um, there's there's some good stuff being made but uh yeah it's like it's not my scene at all gotcha. um, comics is full of a lot more cool people hell yeah it is dude we got adopted into the comics book world and it's just like the most friendly and like compassionate people i've ever met like strangers that actually want good for people it's it's beautiful <laughs> uh well, it's because everyone knows they're not going to be the, like, Damien Hurst of comics, you know? Like, when that level of success is just off the table, then uh, it leaves a lot more room to be relaxed. Yeah, uh, it makes you, it's a reality check. It's like, okay, well, there's room for one of those, and it's already happened. So let's all just enjoy ourselves here. Yeah, you know, and it's also just, like, you know, I worked uh, as an art handler, so I was, like, moving this stuff around and setting up these, like, these huge shows uh, and, like, you know, dragging 3,000-pound sculptures in, like, up to the top floor of high-rise buildings and stuff. <laughs> like, there's none of that. The physical part of it is a lot easier, too. Like, it's just you print your books and then you trade them around and after you print it it's not that like you sell it but you still have it you know it's like yeah. uh it's just uh i mean definitely I more, more low-key yeah exactly and, and it can be more about the it can be more about the art itself rather than like the collector's value or like your name right you the know, name I mean, like and, matters, but it's yeah it, it's something that i think when you're young you don't realize kind of that there's like a game to be played if you want to be a gallery artist or like a fine oh. artist and um yeah i think it's pretty discouraging um that it has to be that way and more power to you if you can play that game and like run in those circles but like i could never do it i, I just like i was one i wasn't good enough and two, like, I'd never wanted to be the guy that has to, like, kiss ass to get ahead, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, a couple of, a couple of the people I knew as the art handler uh, are, like, kind of blowing up, and they're doing good, and they're making cool work. Um, and they got, like, their little studios, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, good for them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it also just, I think when I was trying to make gallery art is there was something missing. And that was the story. That was the like sequential nature of it. Um, so yeah, when I started making comics, it just, it just made a lot more sense. And I actually wrote, uh, so in 2019, I moved from Brooklyn um, up to the top of Manhattan uh which it's it's basically like a whole nother city you know mm -hmm. uh new york it's huge um and that was right when i realized i needed to be making comics too and uh it was this big creative time for me and i wrote all these stories and uh that's actually when i wrote micropolis but it was like too big like i didn't 
I needed to like practice with some smaller stories first. Um, and so I put out a few of the dream towns. Uh, I was in some anthologies. Um, during COVID, I did a diary comic, uh, which was pretty fun. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of we, people got a lot off of their chest during COVID through that, man. Being able yeah. to do something out of the, every day. Yeah, well, I had to step away from what I had been doing and just like focus on sort of what was right in front of me. Cause I saw the the longer like fiction stories um, as like a long-term thing that was saying something about like the world and where it should be going. And then in COVID, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. So I was just like, I was just like, I'm going to write a three page or a three panel comic about like this funny thing I saw in the park. Yeah. 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 And that was sort of the point of that series was that even in lockdown, there's like still weird, wacky things happening. I'm oh. curious. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious when you're like um, starting to write, um, when you're starting to write one of these more like fictional, uh, long, longer uh, spread books um, that aren't mm -hmm. just small comics or, you know, two or three page comics, but actually have a lot of plot and development. Um, do, you, do you approach it like you would like a movie where you write out um, like maybe exterior, interior or like the, the background or do you write the story and then just have a way of developing it into like how you want the comic to be or do you write all dialogue like a movie script would be um yeah so i've actually done it sort of every which way um so uh micropolis i did a storyboard um i just i would lay out like uh probably like 30 panels like two pages worth of like two by two panels at a time and then i would just go straight in with pen scribble what i wanted and like you know the the text would go over the character's face yeah. or whatever like i just i just had to get it out i i had a really clear vision of that in my head as like a one two thing um and then afterwards i added in like in uh, you know, I would add little chunks into the storyboard or I would switch a couple panels around or whatever. But that came out as a pretty, like I said, it was like a very creative time, like uh, writing wise. Um, so that came out as like a, just, it just flowed. It came pretty naturally. You, do you, you attribute that with the move from Brooklyn to upper Manhattan? Do you think that's like what kind of like had the catalyst to like get your, your juices flowing yeah like it kind of changed my whole life yeah, um, in something <laughs> yeah and it was just like uh you know it was the same city but it was I've, i'd only been up here like four times before trip out. yeah um and like yeah it was like an hour and a half subway ride to get to see any of my friends or anything um and it's also just a totally different um, like area up here. It's not, I like it, but it's not cool like Brooklyn is. Mm. Like there's no like 
fun bars with cute names and that like let your dog in there or whatever um, yeah. <laughs> which uh which is a shame but it's uh it's a nice place to live there's a big park um and it was also kind of right when i realized that like if being a gallery artist didn't happen while i was in brooklyn it definitely wasn't going to happen here uh and i was already just feeling like like a change anyway um so yeah, it was a lot of things that all happened at once. And I think they manifested as me writing a lot of stories. Right on. It's so wild um, how that, like, it's oftentimes that change or that almost like you're saying, letting go of that dream of like, well, if it wasn't going to happen there, it's not going to happen here. All right, what's next? And then that made room for that muse to show up and just blast you with this artistic time, which obviously paid off because my Micropolis is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I also had, uh, I was still working in Brooklyn. So I had a like hour and change commute every morning. So uh, I actually, um, I drew the whole storyboard on the train. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm at the last, I'm at the last stop here. So I would get the, the seat in the corner, which uh, we called the hobo seat. Cause it's like, it's tucked in a little nook there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and only one, only one other person can sit next to you. And if you look like a, a weirdo, like writing a manifesto, um, they'll probably wait until the train is totally crowded to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that I wrote as a storyboard. I've written scripts too. Um, my current project is, uh, I sent you some pages of that, right? Yeah, this is um, from the the ones that were in color, right? The different yeah. uh, treatments that you did? Yeah, I yeah, got those. So it's called uh, Mushroom Moon, and it's about an astronaut who uh, takes magic mushrooms, and he goes on a hallucinatory trip to the moon. Nice. Or back to the moon, rather, because he's been yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I yeah was right looking, on. I was looking through the test pages and I was cracking up, bro. Just the dialogue and the illustrations together, it's it's right spot on, dude. Yeah, yeah, great. I'm glad. Yeah. So it's uh he gets um he gets depressed because the public doesn't care about space science anymore. They like don't care that he went to the moon. Um so the doctor prescribes him magic mushrooms. Um, and uh, he goes up there and instead of just like barren rock, it's like there's all these different kinds of mushrooms growing. And there's this little mushroom man who's sort of his like, his like, uh, his trip. It's What's like, the a, word? like spirit animal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah. you know how they say when you, you go on a trip you're supposed to have someone kind of like guide you through it yeah um, a trip sitter yeah. or something yeah a trip sitter that's it um and actually another fun little easter egg is the mushroom man has like the same face as the psychiatrist who prescribed him the shrooms hey nice little pull there um and so the trip sitter he uh 
he explains to him that all things, especially mushrooms, are like very ephemeral and they grow up really fast and then they they rot and they spoil and and uh, and so the way that's laid out is each each two page spread is like superimposed over a picture of the moon and each time you turn the page the phase of the moon changes changes yeah and oh, yeah. so for that all i did was write like i need to get from this point to this point on these two pages and i need to do it in 12 panels because it's it's the panel grid is the same on each spread so you um, have to make what's going on in the story coincide with like the the phase of the moon and like the change of the day and stuff yeah exactly oh that's rad dude what a what a deep concept that's cool yeah so that was all sort of like i had the story sort of sketched out and i did some character designs and whatnot but uh that one i wanted to be a very like like a book art based piece you know so that changed my approach to how i wrote it yeah that's cool man um it's like it's it's hard to kind of find uh balance in something especially i don't know relating it to like a background or a change throughout the book that might not be uh the forefront of the illustration or the drawing but to, to mm -hmm. link it together like that i mean it takes like an extra level of thought and like consciousness to even think of that like it's pretty rad man yeah, it seems yeah. like it, it seems like it would really create some some staunch boundaries, like you said, like, oh, it has to get this statement done in 12 panels so that it can move to the next thing. Like it really puts your it handcuffs you as far as like how detailed or how lucid you can really be. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you have hangups with that? Uh, I would if I had to do it for every single book I ever worked on, but, you know. Sometimes yeah. being handcuffed can be fun. So, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, next book, probably not. But um, for this one, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you guys printed the last, the most recent cluster fucks, right? Um, no, not. We've done the first three or four. Okay. Cameron did it on his own this last time. Okay. Good for him. Shout out uh, great artist. Anyway, yeah, that was how I became aware of you guys. Oh, right on. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, in that one, I have a really like formatty uh comic. Well, I don't but think I shoot. I'm not sure if I remember it. It's in the newest one? In number five, yeah. Oh shit. Okay. I gotta go go check it back. I didn't realize you were in there. Hey, um, so you mentioned earlier that you know, if you go through Micropolis, you you pulled the c color out of it and you, you really went just like black, gray, white, kind of like three, almost three color, but said that you'd worked in color in the past. Did you find it easier or harder to kind of work in that gray scale? Um, I think, I think I find it easier to work but I think I like the finished product more when there's color. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I kind of, sometimes I worry that I'm like afraid of full black 
you know mm -hmm. uh like i'm always jealous of of cartoonists who can just do like a huge chunk of black over like three right. quarters of the panel and make it look great um the guy the guy i used to do that comic with in high school would have just always like his blacks were just like you could get so lost in them you know um and he would do these like wrinkly faces and so they were filled with detail but then down deep in the wrinkles like it would just get so like dark you know yeah. and i'm just i don't know sometimes i worry that i get like, scared bringing it all the way there that's um, uh that's definitely something that i've i've had a hard time with uh, like I could do regular consistent quality black line work I think in my own opinion but to do almost like a negative like to approach it like the background's going to be black and the that uh -huh. the negative space is really going to be what's standing out uh, I have I have like a, a hang up in my brain like it's hard for me to picture things like that yeah it's hard right um yeah, and then, but with color, I feel like I have a pretty good, I don't know, I just, my color pieces, they come out fairly nice. You think that's from having, um, like, that art background and, and having, like, a, a concept of color and, like, usable, like, color contrast? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just, I mean, not necessarily from going to school, because I don't know if, I, I may have just spent four years flushing my money down the toilet um but like just painting yeah drawing, yeah just learning from mistakes over time yeah it's right a beauty of art man you can never waste time if you're making it there's uh, never a time that if you're creating something that it's a waste because you get that experience and you get that next level or the next time you can remember that I did this last time and I didn't like it or I liked it a lot and that like mm -hmm. that's what really forms so much of like a style or, or a personality you know yeah and just experimenting all the time you know like there aren't not every piece is for you know like is gonna go up in the met or whatever yeah but like, <laughs> you do uh you do different stuff and then you you learn like you get like new bags of tricks totally you know? i think that that comes to with like watching how other people work like it, yeah. for me at least like i'm a more visual learner i feel like so when i see someone do something i can go home and try it in a similar way to see how that feels or how it works um but it's sometimes it's hard when it's just talked about to, to kind of really get the nuance of what they're talking about yeah i also read a million comics yeah like, that helps <laughs> pretty much i don't read regular books <laughs> right I do, i'm just like where's the pictures at <laughs> just like our english teachers used to tell us like if you want to expand your vocabulary read books like if you uh -huh. expand your vocabulary in graphic novels read them you know what i mean yeah. and it does it adds the same it is adding the same as a book would add grammatically to your understanding of the concept mm -hmm. and it really does show man going through micropolis and and seeing the work like 
the the understanding of the way that it uh, the flow of the uh story storyline and like the concepts like it shows that there there's some understanding there well actually uh micropolis is the first book i did digitally um okay. and i actually decided to work directly on top of my storyboard um because there's something about when it first comes out that's just like right yeah yeah and i don't know if it's that it's just that that's the first way that i saw it so i can't see it any other way now like when you see the movie before you read the book and then mm -hmm. you always see you know matt damon's face as that character right. um, but yeah there's a very like there's like an immediacy to the storyboard um and so I had to just, I like, you know, I, I laid out the panels the way that I wanted them and then I fit the storyboard panel in there and I would erase, I erased the border and I made the text not covering the people's faces or whatever. And I got rid of like a lot of the real scribbly stuff. Um, but there's a lot of just like expressions in, in there um, that come straight from the very first moment I drew it on the train. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I find like in my own work, it's like a lot of the time, the first run, I like to work like in one shot if I can. I feel like it's uh -huh. like, most of the time it comes out, like you're saying, like just almost a little more pure to the intention. And uh, it either comes out like the way you want it to and it's hard to improve on it, or it comes out like shit and you just don't use it. You know, it's like, yeah. that's my experiences at least. It's like one or the other. But a lot of time it is those first ideas that get the spark going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the, the story in Dreamtown 4 uh, was the only one I ever wrote just as a script. Um, I had gotten a new job and I wasn't doing my, uh, my grueling commute anymore. Um, so I just, I typed it out and it just, there were a few things uh, I did in that that I wouldn't do again. Like I did, um, I drew it by hand, but I did, uh, I did like computer type. Okay. Uh, and I think I chose a pretty good font, but it just didn't, yeah, it didn't sit right. And doing it from a script, it just didn't have that immediacy. And this is why I wanna, this is gonna be, a, a project maybe the next one i work on now that i'm done with mushroom moon um i'm gonna yeah i think i'm probably gonna redo that one it's like a longer epic oh yeah yeah um sort of the size and shape of micropolis but hopefully a good bit fatter okay right on yeah it's awesome man yeah um what uh so I mean, we, we got some more projects uh, in the works. Uh, you sent me some files that we're going to get going for you. So for some reprints, I'm assuming of uh, Dreamtown. One yeah, I uh, I just got into SPX, actually. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, I'm definitely going to need those. Uh, I was planning on doing some smaller shows. Um, and uh, there's a farmer's market in my neighborhood that... Um, 
people have started setting up little booths and doing like sort of a craft fair. Um, there's a woman who sells handmade soaps. There's a photographer, there's a painter. There's a woman who uh, sells weed, but packaged in like cute little like bespoke uh, boxes and baggies and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, there was another cartoonist too. She, unfortunately she got a job, which is just the worst. Um, <laughs> so she can't do it anymore. Uh, but yeah, we had like a little artist alley going. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm talking to someone about doing a smaller show in Queens, but SPX is like one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yes. So, yeah, uh, really yeah cool. I just, I just found out about that today. Nice, dude. Congrats. Yeah. What, um, what day is that? That's, uh, September 9th and 10th. Okay. Yeah. That weekend. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, my, my buddies, uh, know nothing magazine. You guys know them? Yeah. 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 A lot of the people that went through cluster fucks went through them too. Nice. Um, okay. And yeah, I think that might've been, they got in touch with me and then I met some of the people who was doing comics for them. And then one of them, Brian judge, he told me about cluster fucks. And then through Clusterfucks, I learned about you guys. So nice. you know, it's all connected. Anyway, they're gonna come. Uh, they're gonna table with me. Oh, awesome! Hell yeah, dude! That's awesome. That that those oh, yeah. big shows. Oh, I've never. What's that? I've never done a show that size. Uh, it seems like an awesome opportunity just to you know for the the foot traffic alone and the people that go to that like are specifically looking for that kind of artwork and that kind of work, right? Um, but yeah, those, well, those smaller gonna... shows, oh, I was just, just say those smaller shows like you were talking about, where it's kind of a mixed bag, like those can be really beneficial too because mm -hmm. everyone brings their friends and you know, everyone's friends are into different stuff, so it's kind of yeah. a cool uh, melting pot when you get to do those things that are kind of like a hodgepodge of different makers and stuff. Yeah, well, outside of the outside of the uh farmer's market, um. I've only done one other show, which was in like, there were maybe, it was all comics, but there were only maybe 10 or 15 people there. Um, and that was pretty sweet. The Know Nothing crew came up for that too. And uh, yeah, it was just, it's so cool to see all the different stuff that people are making. And I imagine SPX will be like that, but like times a million. Oh yeah. You know, that five degrees of separation that exists in that community uh -huh. so funny man you, you talk to someone and they're like oh i know this person and you're like holy shit i know them too i met them through this person and they're like oh i know them too you know that just everybody seems to have that point of connection yeah 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 and that'll be nice too uh up here where i am in like northern manhattan it's kind of like isolated from other artists you know um like a lot of the a lot of the other artists who have tables at the farmer's market are like kooky old blue haired ladies, which like, <laughs> I love, like in Brooklyn, I kind of felt like it was all just about like being young and cool and an artist and like smoking cloves behind the bar or whatever. Um, uh, 
and I like that here it's like it's a bunch of different types of people but I I do miss like I don't know I miss the cool people you know <laughs> oh, for sure man for sure I'm sure I mean it's been years and years and years uh since I was in Brooklyn I just visiting um mm -hmm. but it it was kind of like when it started to get pretty trendy uh -huh. um, and, and people were moving to those neighborhoods like Williamsburg and, and Park Slope and stuff but they were like 19 year old like kids doing graffiti on the side of an entire building and like yeah uh they, it, they, there seemed to be like a sense of like there's something happening um yeah I'm not sure you know how much of that still exists I haven't been back in a long time but I remember just being like pretty blown away by the amount of work that people were putting up and the amount of like public art that was happening yeah yeah pretty there's definitely just like a lot of cool stuff everywhere totally in New York's that city, there's a lot of cool shit everywhere because it is so big and all the, you know, yeah. uh, all the neighborhoods are different, have their own like vibe and feel to them. Yeah. And up here is great. It's a real, it's real weird, like yeah. kind of feeling. It's like lots of old characters, lots of old timers who are like dying to tell you about uh, like how horrible it was back in the eighties, but also are like, talking about how much they miss it um, yeah. and just like all sorts of different people like I didn't even know there were so many varieties you know yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and yeah everybody's got there's like a lot of kids uh and a lot of dogs and a big park and so yeah it, yeah it's a happening place to be but uh you just you don't feel like you're in the center of everything as much yeah yeah i get that so um all press expo september 9th and 10th yeah and uh I'll anything else you have coming up uh before that i'm not sure you know when this will air but i just want to if there is something uh, you want if anyone does happen to be in the in the inwood area uh or if they feel like taking a long subway ride, I'm having a show at the Inwood Public Library. Um, nice. I'm going to show uh, the comic Mushroom Moon. I'm going to show all the pages laid out so people can see the, the transition of the, the phases of the moon. Oh, uh, and I might, depending on how much time I have, I have all sorts of ideas, but you know, I also have a baby, so I end up only being able to do like a third of them. Uh, I want to do a window display. We'll see if I can make that happen. Uh -huh. um, but I think it would be pretty sweet to do some like big old mushroom, like mushroom cutouts. Yeah. And then have a full moon hanging above them. Nice. Be right. it reminds me of like it would lend itself to uh like the style of almost like the like felt and like cardboard construction mm. paper kind of videos that you you make when you're a kid or like you know almost like a diorama made out of like uh the i don't know safety scissors era when you're a kid <laughs> yeah yeah well i love doing crafty stuff too that was that was what i feel like in college i wasn't flushing my money down the toilet uh, was I learned how to weld. I learned how to do a lot of woodworking. Uh, I learned how to do ceramics. Um, and 
just like yeah i had the space to make like big stuff and uh like those skills those skills have actually helped me get jobs oh yeah you know nobody's nobody's falling all over themselves to get my drawings yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah i definitely like uh have work doing carpentry so that might yeah. be that's a I'm I'm kind of struggling with that right now because I'm like, do I go back to school for anything? But I wasn't a great student and I didn't really like being in school. So I'm like, if I go back, I'd almost just rather go to trade school and learn electrical engineering or something, you know, something that's useful. Yeah, doing a trade is it's great. Um I'm kind of lucky here in New York because I can do trades that are like art adjacent you know yeah like working as an art handler um i was building a lot of crates um i was fabricating um stretchers sometimes or building panels um i've worked as an artist assistant a little bit um i don't know if you know this though artists are crazy so yeah it can be a little Dude, how, i was gonna say how is that did you i mean did you do a lot of work for you don't have to name names or anything and you don't have to say it if you don't want but like i know artist assistants that do a good amount of work for the person but like get absolutely no credit whatsoever uh i was i spent most of like my like working like career if you want to call it that uh as an art handler so i did a lot of packaging and moving and hanging and installing for various artists some of whom are kind of big some of whom aren't some of whom are very annoying some of whom are kind of cool uh, <laughs> i only worked for like three artists most of whom it was uh temporary uh one of whom was totally crazy and was like convinced that we her assistants were gonna like steal all her ideas and so she would like she would only show us the little tiny thing that we were meant to work on like she'd be like cut 20 one by sixes with like this set of notches carved out of them and i'd be like i i need to know what this is for or else it just won't make sense in my head. Um, and I worked for another artist who was crazy in a good way. Um, she was like an assemblage artist. So I would come to her house. She had this magnificent, she was old as shit. She had this magnificent brownstone uh, and she had one like entire floor just cleared out for her art making and I would come in in the morning and there would just be this brand new pile of garbage. Um, and then there would be like something sort of on the wall and she would pick things out of the garbage and she would be like, I need you to like glue and attach all these together as like a frame around this one little thing that I made. Uh, That's and then she would, I would get to work and she would like retire to her bed and read magazines all day while I did it and like yell down commands at her housekeeper. Um, 
yeah and then she would come and she would see what i did and she'd be like shit it's all shit and then she would take it apart and just like start again the next day <laughs> um, i didn't take it personal though like it was just like she needed to see it a bunch of different ways before she was happy with it yeah yeah um, and then uh Last summer, I was welding for a metal sculpture for like a metal sculptor, and that was really, really fun. I bet that could be a lot of fun. Super chill. Yeah. Uh, I did like a long paternity leave, and uh, we stayed in a cabin in New Hampshire for like four months. And I worked for this metal sculptor up there, just like making sweet metal animals. Uh, it's like playing with steel and fire yeah dude that rules yeah i um i i don't i've never learned to weld i've used a like plasma cutter and just like cutting metal with fire rules yeah <laughs> you know it's, it doesn't feel like work because it's like i don't know you feel like you're a little kid like you you're not supposed to be doing it or something yeah i was using the plasma cutter a lot um she would take these big sheets of metal and she would draw an animal on them and then it was my job to cut the animal out. Um, and her her work sort of verged on that, like, you know, when you're driving through the country, there'll be like a store called like the Sculpture Center and they'll have different like bears carved out of wood. Yeah. Uh, for, I don't know who buys them. I guess people put them in their lawns. Um, <laughs> At their cabin? Yeah, hers was kind of like a very, very nice version of that. Yeah, yeah, like a little more refined, a little yeah. more finished product. She could really, like, capture the movement of an animal. That's sick. That's a talent, man. True, truthfully, yeah. being able to grab that movement in a still thing or in a sculpture, really, it's hard to see and even harder to reproduce. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it's sort of like, you know how they say vets should get paid more than doctors because doctors only know how to work on one animal. It's yeah. kind of like, sometimes you see people doing figure drawing and you're like, that's really nice. Like it really looks like the way a person moves, but she knows how to like, how to capture like a fox, a uh, bear, uh, elk, like all these different creatures she just understands the way the like body dynamics and the flow and she gets the gestures of them oh yeah and she's making it out of steel so that's even crazier yeah yeah, yeah. it's not very forgiving yeah no no it's not the easiest material to manipulate yeah we're we're spoiled i think about that like uh friends that do like fabricating and stuff and it's like uh, man, if if I mess up doing like a digital design, I could just take a couple steps back or like get rid of a layer or like oh, there's yeah. ways to to throw band-aids on stuff when you're working digitally, uh, you know, that you can't do when you're when you're making sculptures like that. It's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen uh I've seen some things get messed up and uh there's no coming back from it. Yeah, yeah. You just start over. Uh yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's awesome, dude. Um, so we talked a little bit about Micropolis and I just want to throw it out there that, uh, how many, do you still have copies left? 
I have like four copies left or something. Okay, shit. We'll get them reprinted quick then because I only think I have two or three. Okay. Um, but yeah, I want people to check it out because we talked about a little bit what went into making it, writing it, the influence. But, uh, you know, it's it's uh -huh. worth the read. It's really fun. It To me, it's very like, has that cinematic feel. Like you said, it's like almost a direct tie with Gold, Gold Travel, even though it's a completely different type of, of story. Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty, it's fucking rad, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm glad you guys are into it. Um, and I'm, thanks for doing this because I all I I often spend all my creative juice on making the thing, and then I got no time or juice left for like you know, marketing, getting it out there, you know, telling people about it. Um, so yeah, doing doing stuff like this is definitely good and and there's a new one coming out too the, yeah uh, mushroom moon yeah i'm looking forward to that one dude I'm, yeah. I, yeah uh i just i um when i did the dream towns i would always have a guest artist in the back um and i figured since mushroom moon is going to be a floppy too i would um get that tradition going Hell again yeah. And uh, this time I, I decided to pay because I'm just, it's good to pay people for <laughs> That's uh, nice of you. Yeah, I mean, I got, uh, for Dreamtown 4, I got Hyena Hell, Hell which yeah. I think was a pretty big get. Sick, yeah. um, but this time I just figured, uh, you know, people need money. If I pay, I'll probably get good work. And uh, I've seen it. It's like 90% done, and it looks great. Um, do you guys know Tony DePasquale? He's also a Clusterfucks alum. Yeah. we've. Uh, I, I didn't print anything for him, but I'm a fan of uh, the Nugget series. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get them every time they come out to, to sell when I table and stuff. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, I got him to do it. Oh yeah, you, he might actually be on the podcast pretty pretty soon here. He's oh yeah, I'll one get of the that people I, I've reached out to. Actually, I have hyena hell on the on the uh, to reach out list too. But trying to figure yeah. out, I'm trying you know get a few more under our belt and then start asking friends favors and of friends. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say I'd say name drop me, but I, I don't even know if she knows who I am. <laughs> Nah, it all goes around, like, man. Oh, guest art? Yeah, cool. I'll do that. Nice. Yeah, and that's, like, well, that's whatever the beauty. you want about aliens. Yeah. That's the beauty of this uh this kind of work is that uh -huh. everyone everyone is usually down to like help each other out. And if yeah, there's a little money involved, that that helps. Yeah, well it's again, it's the thing where nobody's nobody's looking at the at the high heights trying to be the Damien Hurst of comics. They're just so they have more more juice, I guess, to look at what's actually around them. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, people are pretty approachable. They're pretty chill and everybody loves comics. Yeah, I don't know anybody that doesn't like comics. That's, that's the thing about the comics world is like, people are doing it because they're really into it. It's, yeah, it seems like, very passion driven and like authentic 
to the creators uh -huh. in my in my experience with it. So it's cool to to talk to everybody. And that's why we like doing this is because everyone has their own. We all have like a lot of similarities and even some of the stuff we look at how to approach things or what we think about uh, other types of art and formats of putting work out there. But it seems genuine to like the person that's creating it. It's pretty, yeah, pretty fun. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's kind of cool about comics is uh, I don't think like the best comic ever has even been made yet. You know, it's such a young art form that there's still all these different things to try out yeah. like, areas to explore. Like, I mean, I, I can't say what they are because if, if, if I knew, I, I would have done them already. Yeah, yeah, you'd be uh, the first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can definitely be the first to right. do something. And then, uh, like, like you said, it's like kind of knowing the rules to break them. It's like there, there are, there are standards or ideas or sets of standards, but ultimately it's up to you to make whatever you think is interesting to look at. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much like, there's so many different kinds of art to uh, to bring into the comics world, you know? Um, like, I've seen some just totally abstract comics, you know? Things that yeah. exist it's like, like purely in the picture plane, you know? Um, and those are great too, you know? And then if you're doing that, you can add words to them too. And then it's like, what? Is it just like a kind of weird visual poetry? Like, is there a plot line to it? Like, there's a there's a whole bunch of possibilities. Yeah, hell yeah, and that's some that's really interesting stuff to me. I like to try to work in that realm of like stream of consciousness, uh -huh. not, not not necessarily um, a written out statement of what you're looking at or an idea, but more of a collection of images and if words are involved that give you a general sense of feeling something. Yeah, I often feel like uh, my work is kind of like concrete. Like I'm just showing the things that are happening, even though it's like in this fantastical world. Um, but like I'm comfortable with that. I feel like that's how I earn my fantastical worlds is by making the the pictures and the words like fairly straightforward yeah and the way you write and uh like it presents itself visually it adds to that concrete kind of feel to it it is to me i, I for lack of a better word I, I call it like almost like cinematic and that's why i asked you kind of how you approach the writing process um whether you you know how which lane you kind of took on that and so it's, it's cool to hear you talk about it and kind of get inside your head a little bit more than just, you know, looking at the comic. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But um, all right, dude, um, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, before yeah, we get high beer, um, people can check you out on Instagram at dreamtown comics. Is that all one word? Uh, Dreamtown.comics. And that's comics with an X as are all good comics. accounts. There it is. Uh, anything else you want to plug or promote before we get out of here besides uh, small uh, press expo? Yeah, I'll be at SPX. Uh, I'll have the show at the Inwood Library. That's up all of September, if you happen to be in the neighborhood. Um, and 
yeah, Mushroom Moon, it's coming out. Follow my Instagram, you'll be able to see it. Um, and also all my stuff is uh, available at uh, isaac-roller.com slash comics. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, Thank thanks for having me, guys. Down, dude. It was yeah, a man. It's fun. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, anytime you want to chat, if you're ever in the New York City area, Definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to try to get out there. It's been too long since I, I like New York. I just don't yeah. get a, a chance to get away as often as I would like. Um, so I'll definitely drop you a line if I, if I can plan on getting out there soon. Um, and then yeah, we'll definitely. Like say, you know, I'm living the dad life. So I usually hey. don't do much, but maybe I can stop, have a beer or something. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll sneak a couple cloves. Yeah. We'll, we'll go have okay. a beer. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. All right. I'll talk Later, to you soon, guys. brother. Yeah. Thanks again, Isaac. Take care, brother. Oh, uh, when does it come out? Um, so it'll be a few weeks, uh, but I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, I would okay. say probably mid-August. Sounds good. Cool. All right. All right Later. This has been another episode of the Rat Nest Podcast. You can catch us every week on YouTube for video and anywhere you stream your podcast for the audio. Check out ratneststickercode.com for comics, books, zines, prints, and more. And Jim. Uh, I'm Jim. All right. See you guys.